This is Recovery in Life Episode 4, Digital Minimalism. Welcome, this is Recovery in Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sebring Sands, and I'll take you through my journey of recovering from pornography addiction and help you understand common and most important recovery principles, as well as helping you live life to the fullest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. I'm glad you're here. And like last week, I mentioned that I was going to review a book that I really enjoyed and I think will benefit a lot of people. Um, I'm going to do that this week, and the book that I'm going to talk about is Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. I don't know if anyone has heard of Cal Newport. I've been following him for the last couple years. He's been in the study improvement, doing good at college crowd for a little while, because that was his main focus on his books for the first four books that he did. And I really enjoyed what he had to say. But it was interesting of all the talks that he would do. He had his famous tech talk, TED talk about talking about why are we even on social media. And he, he is famous for not even having social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of that. And he's a later generation millennial. And he was really the only person talking about do we really need to be on social media? And it kind of led to this concept of being a digital minimalist that I really enjoyed and really connected with. So I'm going to talk about some of the core things of being a digital minimalist because it's mostly a philosophy and some other key concepts that he talked about that I really connected with and enjoyed. And then I'll tell you my experience of implementing this in my life and some things I did, some things I thought about and decided to change. So I hope you enjoy listening to this and this experience and hope that you have a positive experience if you did decide to do and try this as well. So being a digital minimalist kind of has three core things he talks about in the book. And one is decluttering your life of a lot of digital clutter. And you could you could take this in many different meanings. I've taken it in the meaning of just anything, any tool or program or app that we may or may not use that just is there that is kind of cluttering our attention or life of things. And it's usually many of them. And we don't necessarily know why we're using it or how we're using it. It's just there and it's being used. Another principle he talks about is optimization. And this word kind of gets kicked around the tech community a little bit, but optimization is is deriving as much value out of something as you can and making it as efficient as possible as well. And I'm all about efficiency, if you ever know me. I love being efficient to things because it's quicker, it's faster, it's easier, and it feels good to be efficient. And this also applies to being a digital minimalist because it refers to being efficient and optimizing how we use the tools we do decide to use, whether it be social media or our devices or other things that we decide to use in our digital lives. And this is very powerful because 
it usually diminishes the time we use, but also maximizes the benefit we get from it as well. And I'll talk about what I've decided to do to optimize some of the things I use on a regular basis and I love using. And the third thing he talks about in being a digital minimalist is the concept of living with intention and intentionality. I never really understood this concept at all. I never really thought about it. But it is very empowering when you decide what you're using and how you're using it rather than being, being controlled by the device or the apps that we use and feeling out of control. And it really brings the control back to us and decide, helping us decide, is this worth our time? And we're choosing to give our time to that. And it is more enjoyable that way, I think, and more fulfilling and a better a better experience overall. Another concept he talks about in the book, which is very important, I've come to realize more and more as I implement it better and better each day, is the concept of solitude. And I always thought this was a concept, not for me, just meditation and never really understood that very well. But he gives the definition of solitude as being free from the input from other people's minds. And if you have a definition like that, it could be anything. It could be a podcast. It could be music. It could be someone talking to you, reading even, just being free from any input other than your own, other than your own thoughts is the the principle of solitude. And I've always had a hard time being alone with my thoughts, mostly not knowing what it would be like and being bored and also being mildly to moderately um, behavioral, having a behavioral addiction to my devices and things like that wasn't comfortable as well. And also being bored often. Sometimes I would think if I would be triggered or if I'd be just start thinking about things I didn't want to think about. And it kind of scared me and I didn't really understand this, but he talked about some of the benefits of this is, first of all, we just need our brain to relax and to process everything we're inputting. So that meaning podcasts, the podcasts I listen to, and the books I read, and the things I listen to, I need time to process that to get the most value out of that as possible. And I really latched onto that and really connected with that because I do want to get as much value as this out of the stuff I'm listening to as possible, but also necessitates the need to input um, things into our lives. We do need to listen to these things to process them, which is also cool because I can listen to podcasts. I do want to listen to podcasts, but also spending time to think about things as well. And this is where a lot of the podcasts ideas come from is I spend time thinking about what I want to talk about and how I want to present it. And then doing it takes a lot of thought process and being alone. My thoughts is very important for that. And it's very um, refreshing and it kind of helps reset just your overall mood and thinking processes. Sometimes I, I do when I'm constantly listening to something, especially on the way to school on the bus, I'm I start out with a little bit of an anxiety and on edge 
feel like I have received too much input, but I never wanted to be bored. So I never even thought about not listening to, to anything for an extended period of time. And, and I started doing that. So I'll talk a little bit later about steps I took to implement this more in my life because it was quite the feat to, to change this a little bit. And one of the last parts that I really enjoyed and connected with too is the the not the movement but kind of the the act of being a digital um resist and part of the digital resistance that sounds kind of hokey but basically um, these companies like Facebook they're worth more twice as much than Axon Mobil which is the biggest oil company in, I don't know necessarily the world, but the United States. So that's basically meaning our attention is more valuable than oil, which is insane to think about that way. But being being part of this digital resistance is basically we're using the value of what we're deciding to use, but without without the negative consequences to it by basically doing surgical strikes of getting in, using it, getting it out without sucking our time and attention, but also extracting the most value out of that. And that's really awesome. I'll talk a little bit how I implemented that as well into my life. So some things I did to implement all of these things was I first started with uh, Facebook. I've been thinking about getting rid of Facebook for a while um, just, it was sucking a lot of my time and attention away from studying. And I wasn't really getting a, a lot of value out of it. Most of the time I was just looking at news stories, which I knew I could look and get someplace else. And I kept getting into arguments, some good, some bad of politics. And that was a little stressful as well. And I heard this podcast of this one, um, guy, it's a tech podcast, I listened to and he talked about him getting rid of everything Instagram Twitter Facebook and him living a better life because of it him feeling better and what he decided to do instead to replace it was just to update a blog that he had um, that he would normally um, update on Facebook or Instagram and just share it with friends family that people he wanted um he wanted to see these things that he's posting. And I really liked the idea, so I decided to do it over Christmas. I had my Facebook account deleted, and I started a blog, and I told my family, hey, this is the stuff I post and about pictures and just little things about our family. I feel like it's been a way better outlet for me and also for my family because my family that does not live close by are updated better and do see um, things that they wouldn't have really seen on Facebook. And that was really awesome. So I kind of started this mindset change of being a digital minimalist, but not knowing what it was. And I saw this book came out, and I instantly was interested in reading it. So I got the audio version, audiobook of it. And kind of listening, listening over to these principles, I realized, okay, I spend way too much time on my phone on things that I don't really need to. 
And one of the things he does is if you do decide to use a device or a tool and it, and it um, goes along with your core beliefs and things you want to do in life, to use it very minimally, obviously, but also if you do use something on your phone, to use it on the desktop. And I realized a lot of the apps that I use that are good apps that I use somewhat frequently, it's, I, can, I can do all that on the computer. So I won't even have the desire to compulsively check something that I didn't need to check. So I got rid of my banking app. I got rid of um, a lot of my, I got rid of Instagram. I wasn't really on there anyway. I got rid of just a lot of apps too, like my Maps app. Um, I got rid of, I was doing Duolingo at the time. I figured out that you can do it on the, the browser, on the computer. So I got rid of that. All these things I I did, I got rid of my email as well because I didn't really need to check it. It was just a distraction for me and I could check it on my computer. And I got rid of everything and I cleared everything off my home screen. The things I just have at the very bottom of my Android phone on my home screen is my dialer, my messenger for text messages, my LDS tools, because I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that is where we find our scriptures and other resources that our church has put out, which I find very valuable and important in my life. I have that in the main as a main focus down there. Also, my podcast app and my music app that I use for running a lot and audiobooks that I get from the library, that app and the Audible um, app as well. So those are the only things on my home screen and I got rid of everything that I can use on my desktop. So it's a very bare phone. And it's been great because every time I wanted to check the phone, there's nothing to check. And it makes me free to spend time elsewhere. I was averaging probably two hours or three hours on my phone sometimes and realizing, man, a lot of that time I was doing stuff that had no value. I was was watching YouTube on there and I decided to move it to a different device so I don't even have it on there anymore. I know that some phones you can't remove some of these apps, but I was able to on mine. And that was very... Um, beneficial for me and very freeing. So that's one one of the first things I did was clean my phone up and really make it bare bones in functionality because I do value extensively podcasts. I do love the knowledge I gain from podcasts. I do love my music and I do value my dialer and I do call people with connection calls, with recovery. If I'm needing to talk with someone, I do talk with them and also text messages to make sure I am getting texts from my wife or friends, things that I need to be um, looking at. And that was also intentional. I intentionally did this. I intentionally only left the things that I really needed to have on my phone and not being dictated by apps that I rarely even use, which is which is a very fulfilling and empowering feeling. I wouldn't necessarily say that I was completely out of control with my YouTube habits. I've, over time since recovery, have cultivated a 
a good YouTube algorithm to feed me stuff that I do enjoy and it is safe for me. And I do enjoy it a lot, but sometimes I spend a little too much time on there and needing to know that I needed to change that. And using the principles of optimization, intentionality, and decluttering, I decided to a um, move it to the iPad. We have an iPad, and I decided just to just to watch it on there. And recently, within the last couple of weeks, I decided to only watch it um, when I'm teaching um, English online. I teach that in the morning, early in the morning, from three to six. And it's the only thing I can really do in between because it's not very long breaks. I can't really read. And it's enjoyable. And I enjoy teaching lessons more when I decided to do that. And it's helping me enjoy YouTube more because I can only watch the things. I only let myself watch the things during that time. So I don't find myself running out of videos to watch halfway through the week. But always having enjoyable videos to watch during the week, it's reduced my time that I spend on it, but also increased the enjoyment that I get from it. And that's kind of how optimization works to some extent. I've found a lot of benefit from that because I do like entertainment. I think, you know, entertainment in degrees is important, especially for recovery. And, and I don't really watch Netflix because none of the stuff on there is either safe for me to watch or um, very valuable for me. I'm just not excited to watch anything. And YouTube, I still wanted to keep, but also wanted to work for me. And it's worked out really well for the last few months. Because we've been using our devices and these things to distract ourselves and use our time for so long, We've, we live in a life where that becomes our sole, not existence, but close, where all of our entertainment and time and energy goes to. But when we get rid of those things, a lot of people do feel uncomfortable because we have nothing to replace it with. We have this void. It's a lot like, I thought of it a lot like recovery when we don't replace you, our, our, don't replace a pornography or an addiction with something that's healthy, that's filling that void in a healthy way, we're left struggling and white-knuckling and it's not enjoyable and we'll just revert back to our old ways and our old habits. The same thing with being a digital minimalist. Living this, I think, elevated and awesome lifestyle of using digital tools as tools and minimally is that we need to fill the void that compulsively checking our phone, um leaves us and part of that comes with solitude of if you do have those few minutes here and there where you would usually check your phone on something you can dedicate that to solitude Um, I decided to when I was implementing solitude I just started doing in chunks because I knew I went it would have been awful if I just okay I'm just gonna never doing dishes I'm never gonna listen to anything ever again I'd first start on maybe first 10-15 minutes just be alone with my thoughts doing something a chore or dishes or something even on the bus just starting out that way and feeling myself very refreshed and excited for the next time 
because I do get that time to think about things I want to think about, whether it be things I've been learning at school or podcasts or conversations I've had for my wife or things for the podcast. I've been able to think about and to digest and to mold in the way that I wanted to mold them because of that thought process that I was able to foster because of that solitude. But the bigger voids of time, that was a little more tricky. And he talks about in the book, high quality leisure. And same thing with recovery is we need good leisure and self-care that really makes us enjoy life and makes life fulfilling. He talks about doing crafts as a very good high quality leisure activity, being in social um, situations. But he emphasizes the need to do these analog or non-digitally. Um, and that's been very, a thing that I've been thinking about a lot. I really love board games. I like them more than playing video games because I love being social with people and playing games. And so I decided, I called up a couple of my friends and said, Hey, do you want to do a game night, maybe twice a month where we'd play, come together, play for a couple hours and play some board games. And they thought it was a great idea, and we're going to start that soon. And that's very exciting to me. And I wouldn't have really had time to do that if I was stuck on my phone for two hours in the evening uh, doing something that wasn't really benefiting me. I can do something that's really fun and enjoyable. And I'm being social and meeting those needs that I do need for recovery and for life all in one, which is very exciting. Um, another thing... Um, that I realized with podcasting is I feel like this is a very high quality leisure activity for me as well because I'm creating something of value to others. And I love the editing process, which I thought was stressful in the beginning because I didn't know how to do it really at all. But getting better and better at that has been really fulfilling and realizing I can be creative. I do have some creativity that I can offer to other people. And it's also benefiting me and in elevating my thoughts and my the ways I've been thinking and just a cool experience and that's some of the time I spend during the week is with the podcast and rather than being on my phone so so thinking about these things ways you can um, introduce high quality quality leisure is important my wife kind of talking about her and doing this in my life has wanted to do more of those as well. She loves painting. She loves coloring. And she's decided to do that more rather than being um, stuck on um, something that she didn't feel as valuable. And she's seen a benefit in her life as well. And I think this is a philosophy a lot of people can understand and relate to and find a lots of benefit from. And it's not like, correlate to recovery but a lot of principles of it does relate to recovery of of filling that void that we have and filling it with something that reflects what we truly what truly matters to to us and what we that will benefit our lives the most as well another thing i've been trying to do is to distance myself from even needing my phone um recently i've been finding times to just leave my phone home most of the time when I'm with my wife and we're going out and doing something, I don't even need my phone because first of all, 
the person I really needed to get in contact with at any time is my wife, and she's with me, and she's the most important person to get in contact with, and other people can wait till later. And the entertainment value isn't really there because I'm talking with her and connecting with her in the car or with my daughter and not needing that or wanting to do that as uh, listening to podcasts or music. So it's not really a need and it eliminates the, the habit and eliminates the needing to look at your phone for different things. And, and when I'm going through the, not detox, but just reducing the habit of checking my phone and things like that, it's really easy to help that along when you don't even have a phone to check. And I found that has been very freeing and liberating and has given me more opportunities for solitude during those quick few minutes between certain things or waiting in line or just some downtime. And that's been very beneficial. And I've really, I've really enjoyed um, the time of having my tools work for me and not being so dependent upon them for my everyday enjoyment, even getting through the day and also overrunning my productivity and the things I need to accomplish and want to accomplish. And I'm try- I hope I'm trying not to sound like a sub holier-than-thou person, but I really think that when we step back and take a look at what matters most to us and what we find the most enjoyment doing and realizing how much time we can put towards that when we aren't so connected to a device that holds very little value for us long-term, that really generates a lot of fulfillment and a lot of contentment in life where we don't get that anywhere else. And not saying that technology is evil. I love technology. I am a nerd about it. I'm not quite on the level of researching and doing it full for my career, but um, I do find it enjoyable. I think it's very useful. But when we when we give up our free time, our focus and productivity to ultimately some companies that just want to make money or other things that they might seem appealing, but really when we go down the vortex of time and attention, realizing, well, it didn't really let me accomplish anything that I really want to get done or value. And when we do do those things that we do find valuable and are really fun, enjoyable, we realize, well, I need to do this more. And when we have 24 hours in a day to do things, then we realize, okay, if I do only spend 30 minutes to 40 minutes on my phone a day, checking up on things that I do find important. And then the rest of that time I can spend towards spending time with my family or going out to lunch for with a friend or helping someone else out doing something or doing a very fun hobby that we really enjoy and that really regenerates our willpower and our motivation to live life and participate in life. 
I think that is a trade-off that most everyone is willing to to do. And I hope that people listening to this might consider some things that might they might want to change to help them live life in a more beneficial way with technology and digital tools. Well, I hope you guys liked this episode. This was meant to be a very brief overview of the philosophy of digital minimalism and some things that I've done to apply it in my life. And I hope you guys have thought of things that you might want to change in your life to make it more benefit, more beneficial and more fulfilling and just enjoyable. And I hope you find some short-term and also long-term um, gains from that. And of course, this is not going to be a one-size-fits-all thing. I've done things differently to fit my values and interests and beliefs and everything. It'll be the same for other people. Um, but I just hope that it is a benefit to those listening. And I will talk to you guys next week for another episode.